It's no secret that a lot of work goes into driving change and making a difference. Great leaders often have individuals and teams advocating for teaching and advising them. Today, we're sitting down with an executive coach to find out different ways leaders and teams can grow and improve through coaching. Welcome to The Good Guide to Business, a podcast presented by the Better Business Bureau. The Good Guide is all about conversations with businesses, organizations, and local leaders who are going above and beyond to make our community a better place. So grab a cup of coffee, sit down, and get ready to hear from this episode's special guest, Linda Sanders, Managing Director of Transition 360 Partners. Hello, I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Um, Linda is a, a great friend of BBB, so we're super excited to get down and, and talk to her. Um, so really, just thank you for joining us. So I just want to get straight into the nitty gritty now. Uh, can you tell us uh, what executive coaching is? I absolutely can. And you know what I'll do is I will use the definition that the International Coaching Federation, how they define executive coaching. And when you think of the International Coaching Federation, they're really the gold standard for coaching across the globe. So what they say coaching is, is coaching is partnering with a client in a thought-provoking, creative process that basically inspires the individual to maximize their personal and professional potential. So when you sit back, it's like, where is the individual? And then as an executive coach, how may I best partner with them to get them to where they want to be, to make sure that they're achieving their goals and they're being true to their goals, to their objectives, and the commitments that they want to make? How did you get involved in executive coaching? Oh gosh, uh, I uh, my background is in uh, leading and managing teams across the globe in, in the high-tech space. And, and five years ago, I decided that I'd like to venture out of the corporate world and get into executive coaching. And as a leader, I really felt privileged to develop junior individuals, senior individuals, watching people grow and develop and really blossom. And so when I got out of the corporate world, I decided, you know, this executive coaching space is an exciting space. It's one where you can make a difference in people's lives and get them grow and develop professionally and personally. So I had a couple of friends, or I have a couple of friends, and their executive coaches, spoke with them, and I thought, this is a space I want to go after, as well as business consulting. So then what I did is I got myself certified as a uh, certified executive coach and did that through NC State. I subsequently uh, got a, another a certification through Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute, and then I'm also accredited through the International Coaching Federation which, as I said earlier, is, is really the gold standard for coaching. And the reason why it is, is they, they do a beautiful job of laying out the expectations in terms of if you're gonna be an executive coach, you know, these are the standards that we all need to subscribe to from an ethical standpoint, that everything you say with a client is, is confidential. And it's about the client, it's not about you. 
Yeah, that makes sense, and and sounds like it's it's a pretty thorough process to become an executive coach. You know, it, it's different than having just a mentor or somebody else in your life because you guys, you know, you're trained and you have all these sorts of guides, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think there are some people out there who have put out a shingle and said, I'm an executive coach, and they might not have gotten themselves certified. You know, that's probably true with the whole range of of coaches. Um, But I chose to go the route because I wanted to make sure that I appreciated the process. I followed the process. I got the number of necessary hours in place. I had supervision coaching by someone who has thousands of hours of coaching under her belt. Uh, So yes, uh, coaching is different than mentoring because coaching is really sitting down with an individual and the individual determines what the goal is for the coaching session. It's where do they want to be? And then stepping through that process by asking the right questions. Could be some tough questions, it could be provocative, but trying to get them to think for themselves and maybe explore a range of different options. And then making sure that things are actionable too. Because I personally have a bias towards action. You know, we've all had we've all had situations where we've met with people and great talk, 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 talk great ideas, but are we really moving the needle forward? Are we really making a difference? If someone has a challenge that they want to improve upon, as an example, it could be, gee, my self-confidence isn't where I want it to be. So then let's explore that. Let's see what's going on. What might be inhibiting someone from having a greater level of self-confidence? And then what might be some options to explore and really kind of build up that confidence muscle. So then the individual takes actions, and I'm basically their accountability coach. So then the next time we meet, so what kind of a progress have you made? You know, what have you seen differently in terms of how you interact with people or how people interact with you? And it is different from mentoring because mentoring is, I've got a level of expertise. And because I have formed a company, as an example, I can mentor you in terms of things to think about as you're forming your company. Coaching, it's really about you. Where do you want to be? And I'm here to serve you and get you to think about things and maybe apply a different set of optics to different situations. Right. So the way I'm thinking about this, and feel free to correct me if I'm totally wrong here, is you're kind of in a sense because I, I liked your muscle analogy like a personal trainer and you're helping these individuals with these different parts and these different muscles and helping them gain strength in those mm-hmm. i'm on it i'm not totally wrong no you're not totally wrong at all in fact you're you're, you're quite accurate <laughs> that's funny because i was going to say that it sounded like therapy almost oh yeah coaching is not therapy no 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 uh you know when when you when you think of the range of different roles people have a therapist is is someone who's really trained and qualified to be a therapist and might be helping people with some issues that they've had in the past that is not my skill nor capability right if someone, if something surfaces and it might sound like they might need a therapist, then I would certainly encourage them and, and direct them to a therapist. Likewise, coaching, sometimes people will confuse it with consulting. And consulting 
is really the client typically wants you to come in, hey, I've got a problem, an issue, some, some, something's going on. I need an answer, right? I need you to advise me. And coaching is kind of in the middle between therapy and consulting. So it's, I'm not going to tell you what to do, I'm going to listen. So I'm high on listening as a coach, low on tell. Whereas advising and consulting is high on tell. Right. Okay, that, that's a great way of putting it. Um, and now, I, I, I know you just mentioned confidence being one of the things that you could really help with. What are some of the other aspects that executive coaches can help individuals with? Well, helping someone transition from one role to another as they're trying to determine expectations and making sure that they feel comfortable. This does come back to some confidence, but getting ready to assume greater roles and responsibilities. Coaching can help an individual become a better communicator, a better decision maker. Gee, I have trouble making decisions. Hmm, okay, let's kind of step back and understand. Let's go through some examples. And then sometimes there are the epiphanies that people have to say, oh, I didn't realize that that was getting in my way. And sometimes it's just collaboration and interaction uh, with some senior executives. Sometimes it's like, tell, 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 right? I want you to go do this. And the executive might fail to realize or think about that, you know, I've got this incredible group of talented individuals why am I telling? Why am I not asking? Being more inclusive, getting the team to collaborate. And so it's, it's creating an environment that maybe they hadn't led in the past, but facilitating and establishing a de- very different framework for their business. And you're giving everybody in the business maybe a greater voice, a seat at the table. I could see how like things like therapy or personal training people especially the business leaders could be like I don't need coaching like I'm such a great <laughs> leader how is it a frequent thing I mean obviously your business is successful I'm sure so people do seek you out but um, do people willingly come to executive coaching is it that they're told by someone else that they should get executive coaching? How does that generally work that you find your clients? Yeah, so Meredith, that's a great example. And it's all of the above. It's, uh, it can be word of mouth. It can be people saying, gee, I, I know I need some assistance. I need some guidance. I need someone to help me figure out things. And really, they're the ones who are going to be figuring it out because I'm not going to be figuring it out for them. Uh, are there some people who go, oh, you're kidding? I don't need a coach. You're kidding? There's a, there's a perception sometimes that we want you to have an executive coach because I'm a problem child or I've got issues, you know, I, I, I've got performance issues. Typically what you want an executive coach for is to come in and make an investment in the individual, make an investment in your company for your team so that they are on a stronger trajectory going forward. So if they can make better decisions, quicker decisions, do a better job of collaborating, that when there are issues and they're stepping back and doing a risk assessment, 
that they're able to come to a conclusion quicker, and that contributes to the bottom line for the business. So in some cases, do you have some people going, oh my goodness, you know, I don't need executive coaching. Absolutely, you've got some people like that. So that's why it's important just to step back and say, here's why we're bringing an executive coach in, because we're making an investment in you, because we want you to maximize your personal and professional talents and capabilities. So now branching off of that, let's say someone's now determined that they want to look for an executive coach. Mm -hmm. How does someone go about finding the right coach for them? Yeah, well, uh, you know, one, one source could be they could go out to the International Coaching Federation, and there is a range of, or there are a range of coaches uh, that someone could check out and determine, is this the right coach for me? Uh, you know, people could certainly reach out to me, and depending upon, you know, where they are, uh, I know a range of coaches that, you know, not everybody's going to be the perfect fit, for everyone, right? It, it really gets down to there's going to be some chemistry, it's going to be, you know, there might be women who want to be coached by women, men who want to be coached by men, someone who has past business experience and expertise, and so someone might be able to tap into a coach who has the same level or similar expertise. So how do you find out? You could go out on International Coaching Federation, you could go out on LinkedIn, there are a range of different sources that people can certainly check out. And can you talk about some of the kinds of clients that you generally work with? Yeah, I've, I'll tell you, I've had the privilege to work with just a, an incredible range of clients uh, from college students. So I do uh, some coaching with the UNC School of Medicine and School of Nursing. So the third and fourth year medical students, as well as the nursing students. Uh, I've worked with some medical practices, uh, so with uh, the clinicians and, and physicians. Uh, I've worked with mid-level management in different companies, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, I've worked with founders and co-founders of startups and early stage companies. Uh, so I've, I've just had this wonderful opportunity to work with a range of individuals. And uh, I think at the same time, what I've done for myself is I've brought a perspective on my own experience, not imposing it on them by any stretch of the imagination, but then giving them a chance to feel comfortable with me. So it's, it's, it's been a broad range, and, and I, I love that because I, you know, sometimes, frankly, I learn as much from them as they might learn from me. I don't know. Yeah. Now, I, you just mentioned startups, and now I'm thinking, yeah. like, you know, a coach could be great for a startup to really help them out. Mm -hmm. um, what do you do with these startups? Because, you know, I think the end goal is to become a successful company. Um, how can an executive coach like you really help take them there? Well, it depends upon where the individual is. Uh, so this is where I also do some business coaching. So as a startup is, is getting their, their legs under them, as it were, uh, there is some structure that is often helpful for 
the business to help them make sure that you know they're on a trajectory going forward. So that would be from a business standpoint. You know, am I, and I putting the right construct in place as I look at the problems that I'm addressing for clients. You know, what problem is my product, service, or offering going to address? What makes me so unique? How big is the market? Who's my, you know, ideal? client, how am I going to make money in this process? And do people on my team really know their roles and responsibilities? Do we have the right measurements, key performance indicators, whatever? Um, so there's that business coaching, but at the same time as a leader, you know, you've got a co-founder who might say, I really need someone to be my accountability partner. So this is my trusted advisor that I know when I come and I say, man, I'm working on this issue, or it could be a challenge with a, uh, a vendor, a supplier, and I, you know, I'm just having a challenging time with this particular relationship, then as an executive coach, we can do some exploration. You know, what, what's going on? Let's kind of explore the challenges that you have, and then my, what might be the options? that you could take to address that particular challenge. And then again, it gets back to them, what actions are you taking? Because an issue might be because someone is averse, you know, they're confrontation averse. Well, you know, I just really don't want to tell them that their product is too expensive. But then that's impacting my bottom line. Okay, well, why, what's keeping you from having that conversation? And then, again, helping them get comfortable and back to what we were saying, you know, the confidence level, right? And getting someone more confident, exercising that muscle, and getting them to a place where in their, their um, for them, they're being respectful, but they're also getting themselves to a place where they're more accountable. Yeah, you've talked a ton about how... Um coaching helps the leaders themselves but what about like the team as a whole how does it benefit the team in a business when their leader has a coach well it i guess it probably really depends on on the leader and what the leader was doing before and then during and and after coaching uh hopefully the leader uh, as a result of coaching might become more empathetic and so being more empathetic is realizing the challenging environment that they might be the employees are working with or helping to facilitate better collaboration or including the employees so that people don't feel like well gosh you know he or she never talks to me instead let's include these individuals let's get them participating let's be have them be part of the solution that makes a ton of sense, and mm-hmm. I, it feels like it's just useful on so many levels. And I'm thinking, really, too, a lot of the businesses that we interact with at BBB, mm-hmm. they're smaller businesses, and, and they don't always, you know, have all these resources within their business to help them. So it seems like it could be really useful for them to reach out and have a partner like you, uh, an executive coach who could possibly help in all these ways you've mentioned. Yeah, a- absolutely. You know, I, I think in in reality. Uh, we all need a coach or a partner, right? That you, a trusted advisor who, who it's not about you, but it's what the advisor can do or your trusted 
accountability partner will enable you to think about things and explore options and kind of step back and say, how do I think outside of the box and apply a different set of optics that maybe I haven't applied before. But I think we can all use an executive coach. I've got an executive coach that I tap into that, you know, sometimes you have these bad air days and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just so stuck here in the mud. And just having someone to tap into is, is always helpful. And, and frankly, if it can shrink your time to market, if it can help you be more informed and more confident about making decisions, that's goodness. And you know, executive coaching isn't just for executives. I mean, it is truly for everybody because we can all benefit from an accountability partner. Yeah, absolutely. And now that you mention it, I'm just thinking of things in my life I could possibly get <laughs> helped with. Wow. Um, now, Linda, I know, aside from being an executive coach, you do a lot of other amazing things to do good and drive change in the community. Um, would you be okay bragging for a bit and speaking to some of those? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, I am, I'm really privileged to be associated with a lot of wonderful organizations. Uh, Better Business Bureau Educational Foundation is, is one of them who does so many wonderful things and supporting businesses and then, you know, young individuals too. Uh, and I know we've got some awards coming up. But the Better Business Bureau Education Foundation is, you know, does some pretty incredible things. And I feel really privileged to be on, on the board and do my little part. Uh, Don't say it's a little part. <laughs> well, uh, my part, let's say that. Uh, yeah, and, and then I also work with a lot of, uh, a range of different nonprofits around the, the community. I'm a member of the East Chapel Hill Rotary Club, which is a fabulous organization, uh, and you know our motto is service above self, and we do some pretty incredible things. Whether it's at the SECU Family House, serving every uh, month on a Thursday, where we prepare, serve, and clean up uh, afterwards for uh, the oncology patients and their family members who might be in for treatment over at UNC. Chapel Hill, and that's incredibly rewarding. And then we've got this uh, uh, green initiative, our green team, where we actually have several areas, uh, and one of my fellow Rotarians, Liz Hankey, has just done an incredible job. Two years ago, she said, boy, we ought to be partnering with Habitat for Humanity. And might there be an opportunity to put solar panels on the roofs of the houses? And this is over in Orange County. And, uh, and so, you know, Liz got that engine going. And today, I think it's like 15 houses on Odie Street in Hillsborough, Habitat for Humanity houses, have solar panels on those houses. And those solar panels are saving each of the families on average $750 in electrical bills for the full year, which is incredible. Yeah. And, and then we do, you know, our litter pickups. So I'm kind of the talking trash queen <laughs> for, the, for the club. And uh, we've, we've adopted part of Estes Drive in Chapel Hill. And so uh, I organize a, a quarterly litter pickup. So we had one back in 
think it's January 28th, and we managed to fill 35 bags with litter, and these are the 33-gallon bags of uh, uh, DOT bags with litter, uh, and just a whole range of, of other items. And, and then my husband and I have been picking up litter you know, since the beginning of the pandemic, and on my my whiteboard in my office, it's we're now up to 787 bags that we have wow. filled. You're kidding me! That's insane. No, it is insane. It is insane. So anybody who's listening to this, <laughs> please join me and 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 so many hundreds of thousands of other people around the globe who are picking up litter. Uh, and trying to help our environment, because it's an environmental uh, safety and a, a health issue. But if we could just get people to think about, you know, recycling uh, and then, you know, dispose of trash appropriately versus tossing it out the the pickup or the, you know, car or whatever vehicle that you might be traveling in. I was curious for, this is going back to the executive coaching thing specifically, but um, how does that process work with clients? Like, is it a set amount of time? Like, you have them as a client for six months, and then they're, like, good to go? Is it an ongoing thing? or? Yeah, it, it really varies. My recommendation is typically let's, let's agree to do executive coaching for six to 12 months because it really needs to be sustainable to, you know, hopefully realize some, some progress. Uh, and so typically I'll meet with a client every two to three weeks and we'll really focus, we'll start off with, you know, what topic do they want to focus on? And by the end of our session, which are typically one hour sessions, what's the goal? Where do they want to be by the end of the session? So then they'll bring a topic. We'll go through this process of, you know, here's, here's the goal then, boy, here's, here's how I envision what this could look like, and then we'll explore options, and then we will get to actions. But there's a lot of discovery that people will go through, and it's often, you know, you bring an issue to the table, and you start talking about it, and I ask the open-ended questions, right? So their exploration questions is kind of like peeling back the rings of an onion, so that someone can really say, ah, oh, yeah, no, I hadn't thought of that. Or, yeah, I guess, let me think, there's something else that I could be doing. You're right, it's just not A or Z. There are multiple other options in between. And then, then based on those options, what might work best for you? So it is, it's a pretty deliberate process. It's, uh, it's parsed, we parse the time appropriately. And, and the objective clearly is to get the client to where they want to be by the end of six months or 12 months. Or they could, you know, we, we might see some, some pretty accelerated progress and they might say, hey, I want to keep going. I've got, you know, something else that I want to talk about. Or if they get to where they want to be in four months rather than six months and they're saying, I think I'm on a good path, uh, I'd like to, you know, maybe step back from coaching, that's fine. Do you have any particular success stories that you want to share in your time as an executive coach? Oh, gosh. Oh. You know, there, there are some stories that just touch me more than others. Uh, there was a, a young woman 
that, and she was one of my first coachees, and uh, she was getting her MPH at Masters of Public Health over at UNC Gilling School of Global Public Health. And uh, she was from Pakistan in an arranged marriage. Uh, and I'm sharing this because she has told me in the past that I'm, it's okay to share this. Uh, and uh, she, she was having a really challenging time. And very bright young woman, had been a physician in Pakistan, uh, came to the United States, uh, had a young son, was managing a lot of challenges navigating, you know, she's in a foreign country. Uh, there are challenges that she had with, you know, just some discrimination that she was encountering. And uh, just trying to explore and understand where, where she fit in and what she was going to do. And uh, when we first met, uh, and I took her through uh, some material and said, so this is what coaching is. And then we got to next steps. And I said, well, and this is how much it would cost. And she looked at me and she said, I can't afford it. You know, my husband controls the money. And I said, well, how about if you buy me a cup of tea every time we get together? And so that's what she paid me. And then six months later, we were meeting at the Chapel Hill Public Library. And it was, I guess, in, in June, early June. And uh, she had a package. And she gave it to me. And she said, this happy Mother's Day. I know this is late, but I so appreciate all that you have done for me. And I'll tell you, you feel, I mean, that you just don't realize the impact that you can make on people's lives and being them there for them in very challenging times. So, you know, none of us knows what shoes each other is walking in. Right. So I think that's, that's probably, you know, the most special one because I can see the impact or I saw the impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it must be so incredibly gratifying to know that you're there from people and actually making an impact. So what would you say is like your favorite part of being an executive coach? Oh gosh, uh, that's a great question. Um, the range of people I have the opportunity to partner with and uh, watching, watching people grow and develop and their own self-realization. You know, it's, it's whether, it's, whether you're a, a medical student, uh, you know, someone in mid-level management, just getting those muscles exercised and having that greater level of confidence, knowing that you have a voice, getting people to also think about what are their values? Because that's often an exercise that I'll use with, with clients in terms of just getting their own grounding. Well, what are your values? Well, what do you mean? What is it, what's your true north? What keeps your, your compass in the right direction? 
and then I'll share sometimes just to get the conversation going. You know, so I said, you know, as an example, you know, a couple of my values are integrity, respect. And just think of values like the roots of a tree, right? Because they keep you grounded. And we all kind of sway in the wind, but you don't want any branches to break. I feel like I just got my own little <laughs> session of executive coaching right there. Wow. So and you did too, yeah. our listeners. <laughs> okay. Um, so to get more free coaching from you, what are some <laughs> what are some universal tips if you can give any for leaders to just help them be better leaders? Um, be authentic. Be your true self. Take the time to listen. Encourage people to approach you with recommendations and be willing to listen and take action. But I think the authenticity, the empathy, the listening, I think as you look at leaders today, those seem to be the most effective leaders. Being willing to admit you're wrong, too. And showing your own vulnerabilities. Boy, this is where I screwed up. But here's what I learned from that. And here's what I do differently. Or apologizing when you do screw up. That was good free tips. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent free tips. Wow, I, I'm, I'm hooked, and I, I feel like a lot of our listeners and viewers are probably hooked now, too. Mm-hmm. And probably honestly helped. Well, I, if, if I've helped a little bit, that's, that's all goodness. Where can people go to find more out about you? Do you have social medias you want to shout yeah, out? Yeah, certainly uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. And I'm the, the Linda Sanders in Chapel Hill. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd be delighted to you know connect with anybody. And if anyone's interested in learning more about coaching, uh, you know, some of the things that I also do with the coaching space, uh, sometimes it's, you know, People stepping back and reflecting on what their personal brand is. We've done a lot of talk about that in the past with some of our projects at BBB. It's Mm -hmm. a big thing and a topic that's on so many business owners' minds. You know, it's the personal branding, it's communications, Mm -hmm. because communications, if, you know, if we're not effective communicators, you miscommunicate that could that could have a negative impact on a business right yeah. so having good effective communications whether it's written or verbal and then frankly that also reflects on one's personal brand I often say to people I say well because they'll say well what do you mean the personal brand I said well what would you like someone to say about you when you're not in the room so what would be the characteristics? In fact, I was speaking with a client yesterday and talking about personal branding. And I said, you know, what, what you might want to do is you've got friends and family who you trust. And you know who probably won't be sycophants to you, right? But say, what are three things 
when you think about me that come to mind? Because that's going to be your personal brand, right, in their mind. And then I said, at the same time, ask them, what might be one upgrade that you would suggest that I consider going forward? That's a great idea, and I'm definitely going to do that. Yes. <laughs> now, are you going to be sending us an invoice for this session? Or? I am just thrilled to be here, and thank you for the opportunity to speak with you as, as well as everyone else who is uh, listening to the podcast. I'd love to come back again and, you know, share further insights or have further conversations. Yeah, Linda, it was a real blast having you. And of course, you know, having you with BBB and the Educational Foundation, we really appreciate you there as well. Thank you. And, you know, to our listeners, of course, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of The Good Guide to Business. You can follow us on social media at BBB Carolinas. It's our new uh, at on everything. It's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. LinkedIn too, I yes. think. Yeah. And you can listen to The Good Guide on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever else you listen to podcasts. We release episodes twice a month on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, stay safe, you guys, and we will see you next time. Thank you all. Bye.